this sitting arrangement is way more ideal for me. You were not having a good time last time. <laughs> no, because I thought laying on my stomach was going to help, and it just made my back way worse. And then I left my back brace at work. Oh, no. And this is a great sales pitch for me for a future male suitor. <laughs> what, that your back hurts? That I use a back brace thing. I mean, I sometimes use a knee brace. We're old. We're old, Dawn. We're just getting old. Oh, great. These old bones. Seriously, it's like, we have a podcast, but our backs are <laughs> We're youthful enough to have a podcast. Right. But we're also decrepit. <laughs> <laughs> the majority of the time, we're laid up in bed because we can't move. That's the beauty of a podcast, though. Nobody has to know what we look like or how mangled we are as people that's that's true it's just our voices they may not like our voices <laughs> oh and that's fair i mean i hope they do so that you know they continue to listen sure yes thanks for sticking with us seriously with our gross voices. i love you all but you made us something very exciting for tonight's movie which is uncut jams uncut jams and it's so pretty and i'm so excited to post it later on but it is do you want to talk about it? Yes. I felt like the movie was really amused for the cocktail. And basically, the vibe was it should look pretty. And that should be the only thing about it. I guess that's very exciting. And I wouldn't say that this movie looks pretty, but it has a lot of flash and star power and no substance. So while this cocktail does have substance, there is rum, there is blackberry schnapps and seltzer. The, the real excitement is the food colored ice cubes that are in there that look like uncut gems. Yes. <laughs> Which leads us to the movie that we are presenting tonight, Uncut and, Gems. And can you also tell us when these ice cubes <laughs> melt, the drink is going to look like garbage juice. <laughs> I Which... don't know if you've ever seen garbage juice, but you know, if you've ever kind of let garbage sit for too long and it leaks out of the bag, it's kind of like a blackish, brownish, brackish liquid. That's what this drink will look like when all the ice cubes have melted and all the colors have mixed together. So I feel like that's what this movie is. Yeah. When it finally is over, you realize it's garbage the garbage water. within. <laughs> it is garbage water. Garbage within. Holy moly. <laughs> so... This is I Hate It, Let's Watch It. I'm Lisa. I'm Dawn. I need to purge this movie from my system so bad. We, You watched it before I did. I did. And you kind of warned me on where we were going with this whole thing. I honestly felt bad that you had to watch it. After having watched it myself, I was like, man, if I could just save somebody from having to go through this, that would be my one goal in life. And the best part was that when it initially came out, I wanted to watch it. It was one of those, everybody's talking about it. I need to know what's going on. And a lot of people were saying it made them super anxious. It was super stressful. Oh my God, set aside the time because you're going to need to unwind afterwards. And I'm like, what could possibly happen in this movie? There's some really dramatic people, if I can Very say. dramatic people. Good but God. I do understand because I think there's a couple of times in the movie I did write in my notes that I was a little stressed out. But I only think that's because I have dealt with people who will bet like that. And we'll get into it. But yeah, I, it's that that it was that part of the movie that I was like, oh, my God, how can you live your life like this? It, it was <sighs> OK. Do you know that this movie has a 92 percent on Rotten Tomatoes? What? 92 
Wow. No, I'm serious. Although the audience recommendation is 52%. So the tomato meter is 92%, but the audience score is 52%. That's a huge discrepancy. I want to say it's because of the Safdie brothers, only because their other movie gets a lot of rave reviews, which I honestly, I never saw it. A lot of people bring up their other movie that it was like. Which is what? Do you know what the other movie is? Good Time in 2017. Robert Pattinson my least favorite Batman. <laughs> just talking about him. Um, Jennifer Jason Lee. We were just talking about Fast Times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> Listen to this fucking idiot. Damon Fudge. Uncut Gems is a near masterpiece of filmmaking, both in story and style. I- I'll give him the style, but story. Style? Really? It's I wouldn't fast pace. I get the whole fast paced part. Really? Of it all. I was bored. And actually, oh, you no. texted me that you were I was, bored. Okay. So you cannot say that it was fast-paced. I was bored to the last 20 minutes. I was... Okay. <laughs> the last 20 minutes, I was on the edge of my seat. Do we seat. need to talk about that now? Should we talk about that now or should we save that for later? No, let's save I it. I have a story about that. Okay. No, we'll save it. But what I'm saying is I did text you several times that I was bored. I texted you at the 45-minute mark. I'm like, how? Mu- what, yeah. what am I doing? Yeah. And I was like, oh, God, if you're texting me now saying you're bored. Right. You were oh, like, Godspeed, no. keep going. And I was like, really? Why? I-, I think I stopped a couple of times. I will tell you, I did not drink while watching this movie. I didn't either. I should have. So, yeah. Well, I gave up drinking at home for Lent. Look at you, you good little Christian. <laughs> My Roman Catholic, <laughs> Irish, whatever you want to call it. It's just nice because I don't do anything. I was also raised Catholic and I'm just like, fuck It's this. one of the only <laughs> things I kind of keep up with. But while watching this movie, I was like, I'm glad I'm fully coherent for the movie. Not that I get trashed on a weeknight. But I'm glad I'm watching it. All senses are, you know, This is one of the only movies I think I didn't need to have clear senses for. Unless by the end of it, if I had thought, oh my god, I must have missed something that made this movie matter, then... That was a big thing. I would have questioned if maybe I had been too drunk to realize what was happening. But given that I was totally sober the whole time and still got to the end and was like, what was the point of this whole endeavor... I need to, I need, my notes are fucking hilarious. I'm sorry. Okay. (laughs) I'm a fucking hilarious person. So my notes are also fucking hilarious. And that's why we're a team. (laughs) First of all, I put that whenever I want to write gems, I write it with a J lately because of gems. And it really bothers me. We do need to talk about Julia Fox. It makes me feel like a delinquent. Like, I don't don't like it. (laughs) I feel like I am a literate person and I don't like what it makes. It makes me feel very dumb. No, every time I saved anything for this or talked about it to anyone in text, I... I could not spell the name of the movie correctly. No, you spelt it the uh, Uncut Jams. Uncut Jams. And it's really insane to me that, you know, we're sitting here. We did it because of that. We did it because of the TikTok. There was a resurgence of interest in the movie because of that TikTok. How do you not? Because (laughs) she made a very big claim that she was Josh Safdie's muse. Disagree. Totally disagree. Strong disagree. (laughs) don't know where that came from if you've seen this movie she features so little in it there she's barely in it she's barely a character Mm -hmm. i feel like she's playing the role she was meant to play not (laughs) to be a dick what was her profession was she an escort or a drug dealer what was she who is she (laughs) which her name in the movie was also julia so that was sort of me 
And I feel like that was meant to happen because I feel like she's that type of person that unless she's called her own name, she doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. Oh, burn! Sorry, but let me just say something here. <laughs> After seeing the TikTok a million times, I wanted to listen to the interview, but between both of them, no, I, I could not listen. No, I was going to do that. <laughs> um, I wouldn't so do that to myself. I got, I got the gist of it, whatever. But That's all anyway, you needed to know. I then quickly looked on IMDb because I'm like, I got to see like if there's any like legit trivia about this. Is she legit? Is she really telling the truth here? And I saw that, no, Josh Safdie picked her because at the time she was this like New York socialite person on the town. You know, she does have the history of being a dominatrix and all that stuff. She does? Oh, yes. That's a whole big thing. So anyway. <laughs> Wait, I'm not done with that. As like a profession? It was for a little while. It was the way she made money. So she was in real life a sex worker? Yes. Oh, Okay continue but at the same time he didn't write the role based on her he wrote the role and found her to fit it Mm -hmm. so for her to say that she was his muse totally off right you would think a muse would be a muse for the whole project yes not just the character she made it seem like it was for the whole fucking movie and she was barely in it so i and again he wrote this character thinking of me no that's not how that no i and if you thought it thinking of adam sandler that movie makes a lot more sense Mm -hmm. to me because i do think adam sandler did a great job in this role as like this jewish gangster which was as very far as it can go because it was a very one note performance Mm -hmm. and by note i mean emotions and volume because he shouted the whole time can i tell you i felt assaulted by this movie because he yelled everything the whole time i was like wait a minute did they have a fuck count like good yeah (laughs) and and they do oh no they had a fuck count and i found that so funny because i did not see that until after i wrote it in my notes so i felt like (laughs) <laughs> like other people were noticing this yeah, too. Absolutely. <laughs> they wanted to know. I did want to know that as well. Because the amount of times within even oh the God. first 20 so, minutes. And listen, you know, if you've listened to our podcast, you know we're not shy to drop F bombs, but this, but this was, was over the top. I've kind of felt like my grandma because, you know, she's always like, why do they have to use language like that? You know, why can't they find another way to say that you know why do they have to say these words and and that's what i was thinking in my head and i was like oh man i'm my grandma now (laughs) (laughs) it's not even like why do they have to use the word it's more like why so much in so many forms it makes me think that it wasn't scripted like that there was no script for this movie and that they were just like be gangsters and they were like fuck 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 fucking fucker fuckston back to the yep. fuck count. Give me the fuck count. The word fuck is used 560 times. The wow. fourth highest in film history after Swearnet the movie, which uses Swearnet. it 935 times. Maybe we need to watch that. <laughs> fuck, a documentary on the word, uses it 857 that times. That makes sense if we're talking about fucking. And The Wolf of Wall Street oh. uses it 569 times. Based on the film's running time of 135 minutes, the word appears an average of 4.15 times per minute in the film. That's wild. I don't know why Goodfellas wasn't put on there because that also had a, um, that was also considered one of the ones with the biggest count. Well, I guess it's not as big as this, though. I never heard of Swearnet or the documentary Fuck. 
No, but either. again, that makes sense. If they're talking about fuck, then obviously they would use the word fuck a lot. But right. swear not almost sounds like the type of movie we would cover on this mm-hmm. podcast. Maybe we'll look into that. Maybe. But damn, four times a minute. That's a lot. It is a lot. And it makes, honestly, it makes perfect sense because I was thinking to myself, A, the volume, the volume at which every single person was speaking in this movie, it was just 10 decibels above what a normal person should be speaking. Right. And I felt like the most quiet was when they were at the daughter's play. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that was the only And we scene. barely got to see that. We don't then, even get to see the play. Because then he runs out and gets stuffed in a trunk naked. So, you know. <laughs> oh, God. That went to hell really quickly. I need to backtrack to the I very, was gonna say, should we, very we, beginning of the movie. Let's go from the beginning. So I was actually reminded of this talking to my friend Jess about it because I had forgotten until we were having a conversation about it that the movie opens on a very intimate shot of how Howard. Howard. Oh, it is Howard? Mm-hmm. Fabulous. <laughs> Love my memory. So of Howard's colon because he got a colonoscopy and we get to see the inside of his colon. Why are you laughing? <laughs> because my notes, because I just type as I'm watching. Sure. So I'm not even like really like waiting for the re- the answer to my question. I'm like, are we in someone's throat? Oh, never mind. A colon. I felt assaulted by this because I wanted to know, once I found out that it was a colon, I'm like, I can't believe you made me sit through X number of minutes of the inside of this person's asshole and didn't tell me. And now I feel like I've been irate by this scene. The best is how they try to relate it to like looking into an opal, which no, no, it's not the same, (laughs) but that's what they tried to do. No. God. And, you know, I thought this would come back later at some point and that he was going to have colon cancer and make this that would worth thank our you. worth our time. Thank but you. But he gets a phone call from his doctor maybe a third of the way through the movie and he's like your your colon's normal and and in this scene he's arguing with somebody else about something and it's just this really comical scene that got old very quickly because again they're shouting at each other, they're fuck 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 back and forth. And the doctor's trying to tell him your colon's fine. And he can't even hear him because they're screaming at each other so loudly. It's just. Well, yeah, he really screwed over Damani, which I have to say, no bueno. I think Damani was really good to him. Was he? Oh, wait, this was his clerk. Yeah. The one who left. No, no, no. No? The one who brought. The basketball player. Kevin Garnett. Yeah, he was like his runner guy, basically. And then he fucked him over with the watches. Oh, you know what? Okay, can can we settle whether or not Howard is an up and up jewelry definitely not person? can't be cannot be because he seems to have weird scruples about when things are legal and when they're illegal. You know, it's like if he's doing it, it's not illegal. But if somebody else is running a scam, then it is illegal. Mm-hmm. And I was having a really difficult time trying to figure out whether or not he was operating on a on a plane that was legit. Yeah. I made another point, though, because, again, we're just, we're not even that far into the movie. And it's a long movie. It's a long movie. It's too long. It's way too long. For where we end up, that's for sure. For where we end up, it is way too long. Because you're getting nothing from the beginning. Like, you're literally just following a guy who is a jeweler and is horrible at betting. But, like, 
There's no context there otherwise. How did he get that way? How did he... No, he knows what he's doing, but he doesn't know what he's doing. He's not bad at betting, but what I don't understand is that whenever he gets money, he immediately puts it back. Has to get rid of it. Yes. Puts it back into betting or some, some other ridiculous venture. And it's like, dude, you just made a lot of money. Why don't you just take that and pay your pay the people that you are indebted to because that's that's what was confusing to me was that he seemed to be successful but he was still in debt to like 18 different people and it's like well when you make this money why don't you just give the money to the people that you owe money to it was a lot of like stealing from peter to pay paul it was very it was too stressful and i as we're watching these scenes in the beginning, I'm like, oh, she plays the mistress so well, obviously. Sure. But also, Scorsese's on this film. Yeah. yeah. And he had, wait, wait no, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of The Sopranos. <laughs> <laughs> I was just watching The Sopranos this week when Scorsese goes to a club that Christopher was going oh, to. Oh, my God. Like, oh, my God, Scorsese's here. Uh, sorry. It's <laughs> like, didn't you show Side note, I'm really happy you're finally watching Sorry. Sopranos. But anyway, that'll be an, that'll be a side story later. Digression. But anyway, when I saw he was on this, I was like, <laughs> why? Listen, 92%. It's like he, it's, 92% of Ron Jemaine. I'm star. sorry. That's like him being on Midnight in the Switchgrass. Oh. Imagine. Oh, my God. No. Well, I mean. He could be on that new one with the. Bathe you in the river. <laughs> Bathe me in the river. <laughs> Bathe somebody in the river. Someone's going in the Someone's river. Someone's getting a bath. But yeah, that was great. And then I, I just feel like so many elements were just thrown in. Like all of a sudden we got the weekend. Yes. But the best <laughs> we was sure did. The best was Howard commenting on the weekend and I feel like that's his comments were what my dad would say. Yes. Yeah. Like who is this guy? What is what do you mean? What are you talking about? Like it's just so funny and I found that hilarious. Well, okay, so this was why I asked the question about Julia Fox though because when she hooks up with the weekend in the bathroom, she says something to Howard about how this is her job. And I and I didn't understand what her job was. I don't think the giving a handy in the bathroom is part of the job. Well, it's I think certainly it not more- part of her job at his jewelry store. But uh, like clearly she has another career. I think he'd do better business. But anyway. <laughs> uh, it's like a massage parlor that is also like a, a happy rub and ending. tug jewelry yeah. store. <laughs> But um, no, I don't know exactly what she does, but she somehow, again, I think she just works the circuit. I think she's just kind of like, remember the, no, but like, remember the old school when we were younger and right out of high school, everybody did promos for the fucking clubs. No, (laughs) no, I don't. (laughs) All right. Well, I used to go to this bar. (laughs) I didn't go to enough bars. Okay. So I used to go to this bar medicine in Levittown, if you know it. Medicine? Medicine, M-E-T-A-S-I-N. So oh, okay. it's like medicine, but it's medicine. Anyway. Okay. It was amazing. I went twice a week. I was a regular there. It's one of my... <laughs> you know, one of Don's haunts. Yeah. <laughs> haunts, but I miss it a lot. Anyway, but it was always like the promo night. So they'd have those freaking cards that you'd put on freaking windshields and shit. And like, and that was back in the day before Twitter and Instagram. So like you're on MySpace and they are promoting on MySpace hardcore so that's what that reminded me of she somehow has some type of in with clubs in the city and she's trying to introduce people from different industries i think she has some weird connection that way is what i'm saying and she does that 
by giving hand jobs in the bathroom. No, I think that was just a side thing. I think that was a, <laughs> I'm, oh. a I'm a hoe and he's giving me attention. <laughs> I don't think that was like part of the job. I think it was like, oh, I have the weekend right here. Yeah, I'm going to f- take care of Because they do drugs as well. I right. Think. So, so I think it was just Well, a that's why I was thing. like, does she facilitate drug trafficking no also? i don't think so okay i mean you're saying this with a lot of certainty and i just feel like we don't have a lot of clarity on what her role is listen i'm not trying to defend her in any <laughs> it way it kind of sounds like you are no i'm not i'm not is she your muse just be honest <laughs> i'm her mu- no i'm kidding god oh god julia fox bases her whole life on me and my life decisions no i i, t- I just took a freaking two and a half hour nap this afternoon i don't think she does that <laughs> Um, but why wouldn't you? That sounds like a great time. It was great. But yeah, this whole thing was, I don't even know where we're, where are we? Okay. Well, okay. Let's, let's just freeze for a moment here (sighs) and talk about why this movie is called Uncut Gems. Because we do start before the colon, before the colonoscopy that we get to witness. There's that scene where, yeah, in the mines. We're haunted by mines. Where they find, (laughs) where they find the uncut gems. And it's this rock and scottily these black it's opals. It's like a black opal. Black opals. And Howard pays in a, some amount of money to have this shipped to him. Question, though. Yes. One of the miners, he, like... He had a compound fracture. He did. It was disgusting. <laughs> it was gross. And I literally wrote it looked like a Chinese sparrow. Oh, Dawn! Now I will never be able to eat Chinese sparrows are they again. Your, are they your go-to? No, but... Just <laughs> so you're fine as a general rule but no that's what it looked like anyway Gross. so he buys it and then he it gets delivered in a fish right i thought that was kind of that was kind of cool actually. Yeah. <laughs> like in a cooler in a it. fish i felt bad for his worker though that was like trying to get oh, a point across to him this poor guy and you know he got what he deserved because then that guy quit and went to work for somebody else who mm-hmm. was honestly probably a better and more straight shooter than absolutely but yeah he did dig it out of a fish tummy so he's obsessed with these uncut gems and presents it to kevin garnett and is like this is super cool it came from this really ancient and sacred place and kevin garnett's like yeah i feel the mojo coming from these uncut gems and before that though can i just say i love how damani was like what is he gonna buy goddamn furby <laughs> those blinged out furbies. oh my god those blinged out furbies and i think that's where i felt like how serious is your business mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the diamond district is so sketchy yes. i feel like i don't think i'd ever go there for any jewelry whatsoever i'm no so- i wouldn't know how to how to detect fraud like you need to have you need to have a code you need to have some type of pass to get in yeah i wouldn't do it because i would always feel like i was getting ripped off mm-hmm so Kevin Garnett decides he needs to have these uncut gems. And and this is part of it, too. Like, was this Howard's plan? Or, you know, when he reluctantly gave him this hunk of uncut gems, did he always think that was going to happen? Is that why he got it and sort to sort of manipulate a situation? Or did this just kind of happen? That That's my issue with Howard's character overall. It's like, how much of what happens is planned and how much of it is just him flying by the seat of his Yeah, pants. it really did kind of blur together because 
I honestly don't know. I, I wanted to think that he was a master manipulator and that he had this plan. It made it seem from that the way. get-go. Yeah. But but everything was so tense where he needed to get it back to be appraised for the auction and all of that. And it, you know, that didn't seem to be a very smart <laughs> maneuver for no. him. So I, I wanted to think he knew what he was doing and was intelligent, but nothing in the movie really confirmed that for me. So No. Realizing that we were dealing with an amateur or at least somebody who could not control themselves or conduct themselves properly in this business was disappointing because it's like, why are we following this person? Why do we need to know what he's doing? (laughs) He's a fucking idiot. Now, also, in the beginning, we get these two guys that come up to him and they want their money. Well, they want the money for somebody else. (laughs) Right. Everybody wants money for somebody Right. Um, <laughs> oh, it turns out to be like his brother-in-law, right? Please stop, because that's what I, I'm like. Are are something? Are no? Are now. I'm like, wait, Arno's at Passover. Are they related? Yeah. Yep. yep they are. Yep. <laughs> so Arno is the main guy, and then his two like henchmen guys. Yes. Like keep coming after him for the money. Right. They're the ones who lock him in the trunk naked at his daughter's yes performance play. So these guys want the money, whatever. Da, da, da. Kevin Garnett, he ends up giving him the opal in exchange for his ring. Ring. Yep. That he then goes to other jewelers. Right. With. Yep. And they're like, you know, this is just a memorabilia piece. This isn't worth what you think it's worth. And he's like, I know that. Da, 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 but hold it for me. And and I didn't understand that because it's like, I did not think, obvi- clearly you're telling us it's not a fair trade mm-hmm. in the situation that he's put himself in. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand 80% of this movie. And I don't think that was my failing. I think that was the failing of the movie. Well, yeah. First of all, if you if they were betting on anything else but basketball, I think I'd probably get it. I, did, I don't understand. No, no. Betting. He just kept spurting out things that he was betting Parlays, on. I don't know how those nope, work. Nope, no idea. And the thing about it is, you know, sometimes movies and TV shows will do this where they'll get into the nitty gritty of something and you either can follow it or you get lost. And I know that this will be a controversial thing to say to you because you like the show, but that's what happened to me with Billions where I couldn't get into the business side of things. I just didn't understand what was happening. And there were enough annoying characters where I was like, well, I'm out of here. But this movie felt like that because I was trying to at least get a grasp on what was happening. And I could, I suppose, get an overall vibe. Right. But, you know, I had to rely on... Adam Sandler's reactions to the basketball game to know whether or not he was winning. A thousand percent. He he had to be getting excited and then I was like, oh, okay, I guess he's doing okay he's with doing his bets. Right. I, I had no idea if what was happening was good for him or bad for him unless he showed me what that was. Right. So it is a good way to alienate your audience, <laughs> which is what I felt like with this movie. I felt very alienated from this experience because I didn't know what was going on with the gambling and I didn't know what was going on with the jewelry and those trades. I kind of thought that he was thrifting it out to these guys that they could potentially let somebody rent it in that Mm -hmm. capacity because he was going to get it back from them. Yes. So, you know, he wasn't selling it to them. So he was going to get it back. So I guess the only way you could really 
make money off of that. The only way it would be beneficial to them is if they could rent it to other people. If maybe they saw it and said like, oh, this is cool. Can I borrow it for a night to go to this event? But like, do people do that? I don't know. Yeah, I I, I didn't understand. <laughs> I don't that have enough part. context. Yeah, like I said, the betting made me so anxious. Just the rambling off stuff just was wild to me. I do want to talk about, though, a creepy part of the movie. Okay. Where he puts in a huge bet. He puts in a huge bet, right? And <laughs> this happens a lot, so you're gonna no, have to be I know. more specific. No, I know the initial the initial bet. Okay, that he thinks he won. Oh God, I gasped. <laughs> so he thinks he wins it, and the guy who du- the bookie is the owner of a restaurant, mm-hmm. right? That guy looks like a legit bookie. Like, I don't even know if he's an actor. I think he's like <laughs> think a legit. pulled him off the street. <laughs> seriously. I think he actually probably owns that restaurant and he does, <laughs> and he is a bookie. So he's like, listen, do this, that, and the other thing. Right. All the lingo. He wins. Yeah. Based on what he bet. He mm-hmm. wins. He's in the cab. He's like, I won. Yep. He goes to that restaurant to pick up food. Yeah. Okay. Smith and Molesky's. Uh, right? Sure. Smith and Molesky's. <laughs> I think that's what it was. I don't know. And he goes to his apartment, which is really like her apartment. His he, bachelor pad. His bachelor pad, but he like. He's married. Yeah. His sex pad. His sex pad with uh, Julia. And he gets there before her and tells her that he's not there yet. Oh, yeah. And then he hides in the closet. Uh-huh. I was so uncomfortable. Yep. And she gets home and I'm like, oh my gosh, she's going to come home with a guy, but she didn't. I thought that, I thought the same thing. And then she also has food from the same place. Which was kind of cute. It was, it was cute. kind of cute. And then I thought that too. I was like, oh my God, but why? No, no, this is not <laughs> no, good. No, this is not a good movie. These are bad people. This is not what happened. not supposed to happen. This is not romance. So then she starts undressing and he's in the closet watching her and he starts texting her and the texting just grossed me out for some reason because I feel like Adam Sandler's putting our heads to be this like (laughs) dad figure like funny dude and then he's talking about like if she's wet and stuff and I'm like no. I think sexting is uncomfortable if you're not involved in it directly a thousand percent if i had to read anybody else's sexting conversations it would be deeply uncomfortable mm-hmm. so uh, yes it i was will say awkward. though what? she has a great ass oh she's she's gorgeous she's a gorgeous she is, no person. but i mean like just looking at her in that laundry i was like okay that i know i can never make that look that good so oh i would never i would you. need that young, butt cupping shit i would need a ton of stuff <laughs> But um, I, I thought that it was extremely unrealistic that when he burst out of the closet and surprised her. That, that was so she, scary. That she was so okay with, like, she was scared, but then she was like, oh, my God. And it was just like, I would have hit that man over the head with a shovel or whatever I could find. Because if you're not expecting that and you are literally compromised in a sexy kind of way, you know, I would just assume that this person is a threat to me and I need to kill them. <laughs> I also hate that we don't get a backstory as to how they or met. Why. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. how it began and how like clearly the wife hates his guts, but whatever. She had a great monologue. Oh, yes. At that Jewish celebration. Passover? Oh, I'm sorry. I can't remember. <laughs> and I made, I made a note, even though I didn't need to make a note, but I used to celebrate Passover as if I was really? Jewish. I'm not. Yeah. Because you um, had a lot of Jewish friends or? My aunt's boss at the time was Jewish. Is Jewett. No, I think he would have passed away, to be honest. Oh, R.I.P. 
But I would go with her to her friend's house for Hanukkah and Passover every year. So I celebrate. I knew I'd read from every like interesting i I, yeah i did you read the yiddish the the old hebrew they didn't make me do that (laughs) they let me do the english (laughs) version of it but i i would read and then like hide the matzah i did all that stuff i did all the stuff that they did in the movie so it was just funny that watching it i knew exactly what was going on no see i grew up in a very purely catholic environment like most of my friends were catholic I did have some Jewish friends, but they never really talked about the religious traditions. And I just have such a repulsion to organized religion in general that I think I was never interested enough to mm-hmm. learn what other people do with their traditions and whatnot. But right. they call it something, though. Isn't it like Shabbat or something? Yeah, Shabbat. Okay. That's why I hesitated because I, I knew that or I, at least I could have come up with the idea that it was Passover, but I knew there was some other word for it. Um, his, Idina Menzel's Yes, during, after, during yes, Passover after dinner at Passover. Was phenomenal. But, oh, and you had been saying before that how you wanted backstory on how him and Julia Fox. Yeah. Like what happened in their marriage for it to crumble to where... I'm guessing it's the excessive gambling and the not being there for the children. <laughs> That's just kind makes of makes sense. Like I should have put you. two and two together. <laughs> I think there's probably enough that we've seen to explain why. What I don't really get is if he's such a swindler and has all this shit going on where he's in all this debt, how does he also afford a lifestyle for his family and for his mistress? No fucking clue. And everything's 80s themed. And this was in 2012. Right. It took place in 2012. He has to be able to afford that lifestyle for them, even though he's not paying (laughs) lots of different people. And I guess it's not like it's impossible to do, but it just he doesn't seem capable of it, given his intellect and general lack of intelligence. That's true. Like, I just don't think he's smart enough to game the system, but he seems to be able to do it. You know, he seems like that type of person who just gets in over his head with gambling and has these big ideas that he can't fully realize, but he's still able to have this life. Because of his job. And I don't understand that because you need to have a certain level of competency to be able to achieve the sort of fuckery that's going on. Part of me feels like you're in over your head that bad the jewelry you have in your store give it to the people you owe money right if it's any good right but that's what i'm saying like is that is that the point he's not selling legit shit so i'm i mean i don't know it it was just kind of like weird to me that give people the shit in your store well that's why i asked you if he's in a legitimate business because i honestly don't know It seemed like he was very discerning about what he would sell because he didn't want to sell that guy's watches because he knew that they were fake. He was like, I can't sell those in my store. And so that implies to me that he is selling legitimate merchandise. But if it's not moving, if he can't sell it, then is it legit merchandise? And where is he getting it from? I There was a lot of context missing from this movie that... I that I really needed. Yeah. And it was so fast paced that made it. You keep saying that, but I just I keep thinking of how bored I was the whole time. No, I was bored. I was just I'm waiting not... for something to happen. <laughs> it was fast paced in the sense that we got no context of what was going on, but we went from one scene to another like 
nothing. Right. It was like the bus was leaving without us and we're just kind of running after it. Right. Like, so it's, hey, hey, wait for us. We got to move, <laughs> we but. Don't know what's happening. And I just, I felt uncomfortable a lot of the time because he didn't have appropriate people skills either because when he was talking to that assistant or secretary or whatever for the woman who was appraising, oh, yes, yes, yes. appraising the uncut gems and was trying to kind of schmooze her. And Which was, <laughs> and did you know not. it was Tilda Swinton? No, I didn't. No way. She was not we shown, never get but to she see was the her. one on the phone. Yes. That's amazing. But that was so uncomfortable to me. I think it would be uncomfortable to anybody who's ever worked in customer service and has had to deal with difficult customers or clients where you just kind of like, ugh, no. I have to admit that's the sec- the woman that was- She handled it super well. Very well. Super I would have well. cried. I think I yes. would have lost my shit. I, I, something would have happened. Yeah. I would have panicked and just said, here. Yeah, she did a great job. Even when she when she handed him the phone and, and Tilda Swinton right. was like, no, 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 I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> and then she's forced to talk to him. But, and then Howard is saying- yeah, she told me that we can take all these inserts out with the corrections. And then the secretary was like, I'm just going to call her. And and then he had his other... Dad. Yeah. Was that his dad? It was his dad. Okay. Had his dad... And his brother... Try to arrange a bidding war. His brother, I think, was slow, right? Oh, I don't know. I didn't get that. Okay, Maybe? so his brother that was with him... They call Adam Sandler, like oh, family-wise, okay. they he call him the Gooby. He was really excited about meeting Kevin Garnett. Yes, yes. Okay. I think he was, I think that was like, he brought him to meet Kevin Garnett okay. and all that stuff. And then he used his dad in the bidding war, which right. again was one of those stressful moments of like, what the fuck are you doing man? I really, I wasn't stressed though because I knew exactly what was going to happen. <laughs> you know, like, because he set himself up for failure in this entire movie. At that point, I was like, this is not going to go well. He's not going to do. But I didn't understand that whole thing. Why? He wanted Kevin to not win. No, he wanted Kevin to bid more. He wanted his father to inflate. To know that he would make, okay, is that so he would know that Kevin had it to then pay him later? No, no. Well. He just, he wanted to increase the price. He wanted to make it seem like somebody else was going to get this gem. And he knew Kevin wanted it enough that he could keep raising the price of it and that he might pay more for it than was, got you, got than you, was got you, got you. you know, recommended. By I think at that point appraisal. I was just like, this is boring. No, that's, I, I'm trying to think of what other movie I've seen that in, but that's a common strategy where they yeah, put a plant yeah. in there to just kind of make it seem like this is an item that's going to go. And it's the same strategy that websites use when they're like, there's only one of these left. Yep. And they try to get you to to buy it. So that's what they were doing with Kevin. But again, I knew it was it was set up to fail from the beginning because because we've learned at that point in the movie that Howard's a fucking idiot. Mm -hmm. So nothing is ever going to go his way. Definitely not. But his dad ends up winning. And that's I feel so bad for him, for Judd Hirsch. (laughs) I love him and everything. But anyway, he's stressed out because he's like, okay, now what the fuck are you going to do? Like, right. Because he has to pay that. Yeah. And that was a lot of money. (laughs) Now waiting for he gets him in the car. 
he's like, all right, go, go, go. Like, great. You know, and then the brother got the, got Kevin's autograph. Mm-hmm. It was nice, whatever. He forces them into the car and you got Arno and his henchmen. His thugs. Waiting, you know, in the wings. And he's like, just wait for them to fucking go before anything happens. And that's what I don't understand. You know these guys are going to fuck you up. Why are you playing with them? Why are you playing with them? He fakes the phone call to Kevin. Well, and this is another thing where I feel like it's hard to understand a mental illness if you're not close enough to it. And even if you are, I think it's hard to understand. But gambling addiction can be very difficult to understand because as a rational person, you would cut yourself off at a certain point and say, this is stupid. I should not throw any more money at this and I should just cut my losses and figure out what I'm going to do. But people with gambling addiction, which is clearly what Howard suffers from, they don't they don't have that capability. And so he only knows how to hustle until he can't anymore. Right, I don't exactly. think he's ever hit his bottom because he keeps doing what he's doing, thinking that he can get through life this way. This particularly, though, felt like his bottom. <laughs> well, well I he was- had the shit beat out of him and then was thrown into the fountain. And then he goes up to his store and he's sitting in his office and he had paper towels up his nose. <laughs> he's trying to pretend like he didn't get the shit kicked out oh of him. Oh, my God. But can I tell you, I wrote, I go, him crying looks like we're watching Tusk. Now, again, we got to do Tusk. I can't help you with this because I have not I seen I know, but Tusk. if anybody saw Tusk, it looks exactly like Tusk because the paper towels out of his nose look like Tusks. Come on. Okay. Even if you didn't see Tusk, it looked like <laughs> Tusk. But anyway, he seemed so pathetic at that moment. It was the, I felt like that was his bottom. At that point. But it wasn't because then he immediately placed all those bets. Okay. Well, this. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Julia comes in. Yeah. And he doesn't want to see. Clearly, he doesn't want to see her because she gave fucking the weekend a handy. And like, he's so mad at her still. Also, he's just at a very low point. He obviously doesn't want to Yeah, her but he was mad at her. her. He was hardcore mad at her from the beginning. Like, sure. he just stopped talking. Like, he did not want to talk to her since then. She comes in and she tries to like take care of him and all of that stuff she has a tattoo she gets a tattoo of his name (laughs) owie on her ass and the best part is he goes you can't get buried with me now (laughs) (laughs) wait really oh when you're jewish if you have a tattoo you can't get buried in a jewish cemetery because of the holocaust right that's the holocaust thing so i found that hilarious Somebody who wasn't aware, really. Uh, I mean, I guess I did know that as sort of a side note, but it, I didn't even pick up on that in the moment. Yeah, so I I found that hilarious. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, like they're trying to make this funny, but it's really not funny. <laughs> but yeah, so then after that, we got Arno again comes in. Well, no, Kevin comes in first, and he sits down, and Howard gives him this huge fucking speech about you know between the auction and his next game. It was an empowering speech, I felt like, but it was also not appropriate because it was like, (laughs) I see what you're trying to do, but now all the money you just got for this gem that you should just give to Arno right now. Right. You're going to bet bottom dollar on this guy. Yep. Fucking doing everything. The sheet of paper he gives to Julia. With all the bets and everything. It was so long. <laughs> long, specific as yeah. fuck. 
but sold Kevin on it, which I found, no, 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 no. You don't have to sell Kevin on shit. Yeah. He just plays the fucking game and still gets paid. Right. You have to fucking make sure that fucking happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm also now cursing as much as the movie. <laughs> um, I don't think we're anywhere near. No, but like I can't help but do it. That stressed me out because then he tells her, go to the, the place acro- next to us. Get in there. Yeah. So I can meet me the out money. the window. Yeah. <laughs> give you this duffel bag. I, of and this money. is when I started to hold my breath. Because this was like, <laughs> this is when the good shit's happening. But again, this was the last 20 minutes of the movie. I find it interesting that you thought any of this was good because at this point, I was just angry because. He oh, was, I was angry too. He was but in that cycle of behavior that we've literally seen multiple times since the beginning of the movie. And I was like, okay, so we've learned nothing. We've experienced no growth. We're just going to keep making the same fucking mistakes over and over again. Great. This is just great. So when this whole thing happened, I was like, all right, then let's just see where this one gets us. And ironically, he wins all of his bets. (laughs) And that's what I think had me so, oh, I don't know. I don't know if it's just how I grew up, but this this kind of shit just has me like fucking wired. Well, I wasn't, I tried to be excited about it, but I just, I didn't trust him to be able to do it. Oh, I didn't trust him either. And I think that's why I was so on the edge of my seat about it because it's like throughout the movie you're like okay he's got back and forth it's like like i said the P- uh steal from peter to pay paul the whole thing mm-hmm. back and forth so like, that's just what we're dealing with and now it's like no, no no you have arno and his two henchmen in the vestibule sweating their balls <laughs> off and honestly that gave me a panic attack <laughs> and i was like okay now they have to watch him watch this fucking game Mm -hmm. and hope he wins yeah and i think that tension is what grabbed me and i'm like oh my god even her being at the casino trying to figure it out and make sure she's following it right and then the other henchman that was there she's trying to hide from so you got the secondary stress of that i don't know Again, the last 20 minutes was the only part of the movie I liked. Okay, well, totally different experience on my end because here's what happened to me. I was so done with this movie by this point in time and very frustrated with the cyclical nature of Howard's behavior. So at the point at which things are going on, I pulled up my phone. I was like, I'm just going to scroll through Instagram, watch some cute cats do cute things on reels. And... When Howard got shot in the head, I wasn't even looking. I wasn't even looking at the TV. And I looked up and I saw Adam Sandler dead on the floor. And I went, oh, good. Finally. Could we just backtrack a second? fucking God. So what? He wins all his bets. I said that already. I know. I'm just saying. (laughs) He wins all his bets. He lets these fuckers in. Yeah. And the one henchman, this, I shrieked. I was loud. I was like, <gasps> I don't know why I wasn't expecting it, but I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't it. expecting it, but I was really glad that it happened. Oh, I wasn't. I was just like, thank God it's over. Because I was so done with him yelling all the time and just fucking everything up. It was it was just like, put us both out of our misery. The henchman kills Arno, too. 
Yeah, everybody everybody dies. <laughs> well, except the two of them, and they just start stealing everything from the store. Sure. Which, ugh, fine. At this just point, yeah, I don't know if you're really going to get anything worth, you know. But the fact that she's so excited and has all that money to come home. Is she yeah. getting, is that hers now? I hope so. Somebody she got it. <laughs> Does that make her Josh Safdie's muse? Yeah, you know what? She is the winner of the movie, so maybe we're wrong about the muse argument of that this was too long of a movie to get to where we are so such a waste of time and i was numb when it ended because again i wasn't even really paying attention by the time it was over and the exciting things were happening i was just like fuck this and it was over and i was just like okay great it's over thank god and the longer i thought about it, the more minutes that passed the more hours that passed i just got angrier and angrier because I had wasted more than two hours of my life on this, wondering what was the purpose? What have we done here? What oh, have yeah, we there achieved? was no purpose to this movie. There was what no, was the point? There was no, There's no lesson to learn. No. There was a, what? That if you bet like that, they're going to kill you anyway? Even if you win? Like, what What are we supposed to learn from this? Exactly. It wasn't even a very effective stance on gambling addiction because I don't think it ever really... No, nobody, nobody was salt. Like, nothing was salt. No, and, and you didn't really get into how it impacted the other people in his life. You, you saw a little bit of his family, but it really wasn't... Right, and now you're not seeing the after effect of him being dead. Exactly. Like, we don't know do? what happens to Julia or his family. So, and you would think that if it was supposed to be a cautionary tale, we would spend more time on that. So I really don't know what the filmmakers intended this movie to be about, but it just, it felt like a lot of the same. We did the same things over and over again in different venues in different ways, but ultimately Howard made bad decisions, got punished for them, and then continued to make bad decisions. So and the only way to end that cycle was to kill him. Exactly. Which is why I felt so much relief when he got a bullet to the head. I was like, oh, it's so quiet now. Nobody's yelling. It's so quiet. Oh, now. it just feels so nice. <laughs> I was so relieved that he was dead. And then the movie just ended. And I was like, I can't believe that this happened and that it has a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Maybe because of the last 20 minutes. <laughs> well, then they should have moved that part up. It was uh, an extra hour of our life. Though. Yeah, at least an hour of this movie. There was, a, there was one scene that I remember that they showed, I think it was after Julia gave the handy to the weekend in the bathroom and they showed her walking down oh my God. the street for like two minutes. It felt she's, like 10. She's just walking doing nothing and i was sitting there like why are we watching this happen and then we cut to howard also walking down a street and i'm like are we gonna watch him do the same thing now <laughs> like why are we spending so much time on this oh it was maddening and like you said if they gave him colon cancer right if something something had happened that would have been great right if there was something with more depth involved or Again, a backstory that this all needed to be a part of. It would have had more substance, but it was just very... Yeah, I don't know if it was supposed to be... I, I don't... Okay, here's my thing. I really don't like when movies imitate life too closely. Because as humans, we tend to look for patterns and mm -hmm. 
conclusions that make sense. And so I think that's what we do naturally in movies. And that's why this movie is unsatisfying is because we don't really find that natural conclusion or a sense of completion at the end of it. And maybe the movie's intention was to suggest that this is just a snapshot of this person's life. And it doesn't have to make sense. And there doesn't have to be a character arc or growth. This is just a look into this tragic situation. Mm -hmm. I just don't like that kind of a movie. And I don't know why people would enjoy that kind of a movie. Because we live life. (laughs) We don't need to watch it reproduced for us and feel shitty about somebody else's shitty life. (laughs) Exactly. And I think that's why a lot of the reviews did say it stressed them out. They were super anxious because it was just like a copy of what they've either it it, it somehow mimicked something in their lives. I think this movie would be really stressful for somebody who has a relative or a loved one that struggles with gambling addiction. I think this would be a really rough go for them because they could relate. And like I said, it was fast paced. In that sense, <laughs> you and I were not gambler like we were, but for a gambler or somebody who deals with that, the way this movie moved from scene to scene, from issue to issue, like he went literally from the store to pawning something to like to the I, bookie, yeah, yeah, it was a lot. It, it was almost, a lot to to handle. Really, it almost felt like a dramatization of intervention something Mm -hmm. like that where you see somebody just go down 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 making the same mistakes over and over until there's really no choice but to make a change but we just he never gets that chance because he did right and then we get the look through his blood (laughs) which brought us back to the beginning of his colon which then really is supposed to be the opal again we're always going back to the opal and i just i don't Yeah, for a movie called Uncut Gems, I really didn't think that we spent a lot of time (laughs) with the gems. (laughs) It was just the one gem. Well, yeah, I mean, there was multiple gems in that rock. But if there was symbolism involved, if there was some kind of attempt at a statement or depth or whatever, I didn't get it. Yeah. Sometimes I think, and I'm actually, and again, this may be a controversial opinion for you, but I struggle with that with the Sopranos sometimes where I feel like they're trying to make it artsy in a way that with the ducks in the first season. (laughs) Why are you laughing? (laughs) What are you up to again? I'm only I'm halfway through the first season. But like you know, the, the ducks, ducks really don't make a comeback. They, but, but he talks about them a lot. In and season it one, be, it's that's a, it. But it's a recurring theme throughout season one. It just makes me feel like they're trying to elevate it to this level of artsiness that I'm it's like. It's not artsy. It's just the fact that, like, you can tell that he has, like, a soul. Really? That's what they were going for with the ducks? That he has a that's soul? That's how I felt. He just, you know, it's something he truly ca- I mean, he should care for his fucking family, but there was just something of, like, there is something over away from that life that has his attention. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> I'll reserve my opinions, but it's it's just stuff like that. I just don't like it. I also have an opinion that's probably not, no- I don't know, maybe it is. About what, The Sopranos? Yeah. I'm very attracted to Tony Soprano. 
<laughs> Honestly, this is not a controversial opinion because my two other friends who were recommending The Sopranos to me were saying how much they love him. So I, I really don't think it's unusual. And I feel that a little bit too because he's very charismatic. Him as a as a physical individual is not interesting to me. But as a person, as a character, that is interesting to me. Yeah, and I'd bone him a thousand percent too. Do you know who he looks like though? Um... Whose dad was difficult on The Bachelor this week? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think his name was Tony, too. I think so. (laughs) I think so. But he actually looked like him, too. Oh, Rachel's dad. Rachel's dad. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we are coming to the end of our movies for now. I know. And it makes me really sad. I know. We'll we'll come back to it. Don't worry. We've we've got time. Yeah. Nothing but time. (laughs) Next week, we will hit you with. The woman in the window. A Razzie. A Razzie nom. A Razzie nom. We're close to the Razzies, so we decided to pick that one. Yes. And then Riverdale is premiering immediately after that. Yes. On a Sunday. So our actual day of releasing. Yes. We're switching. We're switching from Tuesdays to Fridays. For Riverdale. For Riverdale only. And then once Riverdale stops being a dick, we will go back to our usual Tuesdays because we like the Tuesday release date. Yes. And if there's any breaks or anything like that, we'd probably be able to release whatever we decide to put out on Tuesday. And we're cooking up some alternate content. We've Mm -hmm. got some ideas bouncing around in the noggins about things we can bring to you that would be interesting related to things we've done or other interests of ours. So keep an ear out for that. Dawn will update you on anything that we're going to be posting on our socials. Yes. And speaking of updates, we finally reached our thousand downloads. 1K, 1K, 1K. Guys, we got it. We We did it. We finally got it. I do want to give a couple of shout outs, though, because they were a big help in getting us to where we are with their retweets and just in general getting the word out. I want to thank A Cut Above Horror, Tipsy Pod, Pod Nation, Doom Generation, So Wizard, That Damn Podcast, 69 Whiskey, Silver Screen Savers. You guys have pushed us all the way. Yeah, in these last couple of days, you've helped, you've retweeted, you've put the word out, and I am so appreciative. We are so appreciative. And I hope anybody who's listening will follow them as well because they are great shows, great people. And I'm really excited of what's to come because I think now that we've hit this milestone, we could do a lot more. We've proven to ourselves that people want to hear us talk about things. Mm -hmm. So we're willing to indulge you. (laughs) Absolutely. With all the stuff we've got going on. So again, future content. We've got lots of ideas. If you have anything in particular that you would like us to talk about, any movies you want us to cover, TV shows you want us to cover, or just ideas, feedback, comments, we would love to supplement prior episodes if you have any specific knowledge regarding any of the movies we covered. We can shout you out, say, hey, so-and-so filled us in on the budget for this movie and it was ridiculous. Something like that. We would love to do that. So get involved with us. We'll get involved with you. Yep. And you can reach us literally everywhere. Twitter, Instagram. We have the email, the website. Everything's in our show notes. Everything's in our show notes. Follow us on Good Pods. Again, I can't help 
but talk about them enough. They have gotten us on lists upon lists that get us out there as an indie podcast. We're a real grassroots organization over here. We really no, it really gets us out there because we're doing it by ourselves. So that's the only way to really get our name out there. So yeah, it's Thank just me and Don. Literally just me and Don. Yep. Doing everything. So we are super excited for what's to come. And we will see you next week.